Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I like to put together where I like to talk about all things investing, uh, talking about what I'm seeing going on in the markets and my own obs- personal observations about what's going on in the stock market, uh, sharing with you some of my own personal investment decisions that I'm making and more specifically the thought process that I'm going to make these investment decisions and also just sharing some other observations that other people uh, that I'm reading uh, in my you know decision making process that I come across that I, I think uh, other people could benefit from hearing about and maybe taking some of that information some of that knowledge and bring it into your own investing decisions. My name is Amin Reina, and uh, I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I do is I help people, I help investors, new investors, experienced investors who want to become more financially independent, but just feel generally frustrated, uh, intimidated, um, confused by this whole investing thing, figuring out what stocks and ETFs they want to buy. They either don't know where to start, where it comes down to investing, or I work with, with people who have been investing for a long time, but they just aren't seem to be making any progress or getting any traction with their portfolios. So what I do as an investment coach is I teach people and I engage with them on how to make essentially more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with confidence. So this is episode 91 and one of the things about investing, and in, you know, I've been doing this for, it's crazy, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. Uh, the thing I've learned about investing, and one thing as I teach people about investing, is it's very, it can be a very iterative and mechanical, and at times, pretty boring, you know, process. Uh, you're kind of asking yourselves, the same questions and you're kind of looking for the same things over and over and over every time you're looking at a, at a stock or, or an ETF. And uh, a lot of times you're just uh, kind of going down a checklist and just checking things off. So I came across this article and it was from uh, the Association of uh, American Association of Individual Investors. They've kind of like there's this really uh, big group in the U.S. Um, with the whole, which is, has a membership of, of retail investors, and they essentially teach people how teach their members how how to invest, and they have a framework and a thought process that they use uh, in terms of making investment decisions. They're very a uh, very large group, and uh, if you've ever heard of the uh, every week they publish a survey where they take a survey of their members and basically ask them, do they feel bullish, bearish? Uh, on the stock market, it's a lot of people tap into that survey, and I I tap into it to get a real sense of what retail investors are feeling about the market. Uh, and it's an interesting uh, sample set because the people that are in this group are you know people who are investing, who are you know engaged in the process of investing. So it's interesting to hear that get that uh, pulse or sentiment of how they're seeing the whole uh, investing um, regime out there. So. Uh, a while ago, they just published an article. It was a really good uh, article. It's called "Suggestions for Conducting a Quick Analysis of a Stock," and uh, it's a it was a nice little kind of overview of of a type of checklist that you could use to you know just do a quick um, you know quick glance over of a company and figure out if it's if it's if the stock is worth buying it. And so the article goes through a whole bunch of different um, parameters that you can. Uh, 
that you could go through to do a quick and dirty analysis, kind of back of the envelope analysis. And it talks about, you know, looking at a company's valuation ratios, trying to figure out if the company is cheap or expensive relative to the market or relative to other uh, its competitors. It talks about, you know, looking at a company's earnings estimates, um, seeing what the analysts think about the stock. Um, talks about, you know, just going through the process of reading the company's financial statements looking for certain components uh, within a financial statement from a liquidity perspective, from a debt perspective, from an operating performance perspective. Um, and uh, it also talks about, you know, just understanding a little bit about the business, see what the business is talking about in terms of strategic goals and plans and how they're executing and stuff. So it's a, when I looked at it, it's a pretty decent um, checklist of things you need, really need to kind of uh, be able to answer when you're when you're making an investment decision, when you're looking at a stock, when you're looking at a stock you're currently owning and trying to figure out if you want to hold on to it or sell it. You got to have some kind of framework behind you, and so this is one type of framework. I don't, I wouldn't say it's the defining one, and you know the, I have a framework that I teach people, and I wouldn't say my framework is the defining way to analyze a stock. There's all different kinds of ways. At the end of it, you kind of choose whatever you know makes sense for you. Um, now, what I found and Get me wrong, when I started investing, I was very much a quant kind of guy. I would just crunch numbers all the time and I would make my decisions purely on on just crunching numbers and incorporating a model that I developed and just making my decisions based on that. I was very much a quant jockey. I used stuff like uh, economic value added, economic profit. I used the whole managed magic formula kind of concept where you look for companies with high returns on capital and uh, high earnings yields and try to buy those kind of companies. And, I, and I, that's how I started investing, That's because I was very analytical. And that's the thing about, um, when I look at it, this type of checklist in this article that they're talking about, it's very much oriented towards the analytic side of investing, the mechanical side of investing, reading, you know, reading financial statements, crunching numbers, crunching ratios, doing valuations, and that is investing. Investing is a good, you know, a good chunk of that is, is, is doing that. But what I found in my experience is that's often what turns people off investing. Most of the people I'll find when I ask people what turns people off investing, what people gets people freaked out about investing, it is the analytical side of it. It is the math side of it. And people are quite intimidated by that because a lot of people just, you know, maybe just not be a, be well versed at math. Um, and I could see that, how it could be a really difficult thing. And it's interesting because, you know, when people tell me about the fear factor with investing, uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's something, a personal thing. I think it's almost a, system, a systematic thing. Because today I was reading uh, an article here, here in uh, the Global Mail and the Ontario government, uh, you know, I live in Toronto and uh, uh, here in Ontario, the Ontario government announced to that that, they, that their recent uh, line of testing, they do this, uh, they test all their like uh, high school, uh, elementary school children on, um, they have these standardized testing um, things that they do up here and they just announced that the recent results, basically at the grade three level, almost 50% or just over 50% of grade three students failed the standardized math test at that time. And which is ridiculous, like that's, that's, that's alarmingly high. Um, that kids are not doing well at math, at least here in Ontario, and I, I wouldn't be surprised it's other parts of uh, 
of here in Canada and in the U.S. I know there's all kinds of struggles with it. Um, and this is kind of an aside because I'm just kind of going a little bit off a tangent because I'm wondering, and a lot of the people that are looking at this stuff going, wondering, is it really because people don't like math or is it maybe because people aren't really being trained or taught math uh, well enough early on in their years and they sort of get a phobia about it and kind of get intimidated by it and it kind of carries into their adulthood. And uh, so they're, all, they're talking about things like, you know, maybe the teachers actually have that phobia with math and don't want to teach it or don't do a really good job teaching it or don't even want to try and teach it. They didn't take maybe take enough math courses in their training to become a teacher. It's all kinds of stuff going on there, but it's interesting because I, I know I'm bringing it back to what I see when I talk to people and I work with people is they there is just this natural you know, uh, inclination to just kind of avoid math. And that's why people kind of really get turned off investing. And so as much as this, you know, the article talks about these, this checklist of looking at all these different metrics and data points to figuring out, uh, you know, evaluating a stock, um, they really, I think it, it goes beyond that. I think there's, I don't think people really need to get into the math. I think people need to understand concepts first. Um, and that's what I try to do with, when, when I coach people and I teach people is I try to, I don't even go to the math. I try to like bring it down to some basic concepts about, you know, how wealth is created, how do we evaluate businesses, uh, how to ask questions about whether a business is doing really well or not doing really well. You know, and it comes down to like understanding and evaluating uh, the people that are running a business, looking at things like their ability to raise cash, their ability to take that cash and what kind of projects, what kind of products and services are they developing, and then measuring, you know, their performance on it. Are they doing a good job of generating strong returns on those on that money they've raised, and are they creating tangible wealth from there? So, it's because at the end of the day, uh, when I'm looking at stocks, one of the things I, I try to tell people about stocks is, stocks, yeah, are pieces of paper. Yeah, they represent, you know, a claim on future profits. Um, there is a value attached to it. There is a you know a, an intrinsic value, and then there's a you know an actual uh, what people are willing to pay for a stock. Uh, but in order to f but behind a stock, when I look at when you look and I'm looking specifically you know individual stocks like companies, you know companies are not just pieces of paper. They are people. They are people with ideas about selling goods and services that they think people want. And ultimately, when we're evaluating a company, we, yeah, we're looking at the math, we're looking at some of the data points, but we really also need to look at a lot at the qualitative side of, of, a, of a company. And this is something I never used to do. And it's something that's part of my evolution as an investor that I find myself spending more time looking at that side than and a lot less time looking at the math behind it. Um, like for example, like you know, it's just asking simple questions when you're evaluating a business that doesn't involve any math. Like for example, like what do they do? Like what do they sell? Um, for people who have listened to my previous podcasts and, and followed my blog, um, you know, I I publish every month. I just published uh, last week, I guess. Uh, you know, my investment decisions, and I walk people through. You know, ask. I basically come down to asking eight questions. And a lot of those questions really don't involve math. They involve asking very qualitative questions like, what does the company do? What do they sell? What is their value proposition? What makes them unique? Uh, who buys their products? What kind of people buy their product? 
do they buy it like once or do they come buy it over and over again? Um, who are their who are their competitors? Are they are they what are their characteristics? Are they vastly superior than the company that I'm looking at? What are the risks? Are there any threats to the company's business um, from other external sources, from competitors, from just the overall economy? Um, so these are qualitative questions, and they're just as important as the numbers. And a lot of times I try to figure that stuff out first before I even go to a checklist, before I look at valuation ratios or financial ratios or you know earnings estimates and things like that. There's, there's a qualitative component I think that's really important for people to consider when they're making investment decisions. And I think for those people who are intimidated by stocks uh, because of the math, uh, this should be great. This is, this is, I think, I try to steer them into this area, focus on the qualitative side, because I think it just takes away the fear factor a little bit and at least improves their confidence level and engagement level in the whole process. So qualitative aspects of a company. Then you got to look also at the behavioral side of it. And this is another element, because a lot of times the numbers are the numbers are the numbers, but a lot of times psychology influences the investment decision and how people buy and sell stocks more so than the numbers will. So you got to look at stuff like sentiment, the market psychology. What is is there a you know a critical mass of people who are like so convinced that this is going to happen? This company is going to do X. So it's the behavioral side of it that, of of an investment decision that also needs to be taken into account. So as you can see, there is investing is just not about numbers. There's a there's a certain and that's what I love about it actually is there's a real richness to it. There's a color to figuring out what stocks to buy and sell. There's a texture to figuring out what kind of stock. Because behind every company is a story. And it's really understanding the story of the business that's really going to help us understand, lead to us to determine, make a better investment decision. And the numbers will kind of back us up a little bit, but we need to understand the story. We need to explain the story of a business, what they're about, what they stand for, and who's on board with the company and understanding and manage and then bring the numbers in in terms of evaluating management's ab ability to to perform to to meet those uh, goals that they set up um, so that that's so it's interesting I read the I, you know this article really kind of jumped at me because at first I read it and go oh, yeah it's pretty good but then I just really start to think a lot of it is that is that's it just a lot of people think, well, that's all I need to do when I'm making an investment decision, is just do, crunch a whole bunch of numbers. And a lot of people don't like to crunch numbers and get really turned off on it, and then they get turned off at investing. And then they just basically do what their friends do, and they just you know, look for stock tips. Um, so when you bring this qualitative side of it and the behavioral side of it and add that into your framework, I think that to me is the secret sauce. And I think that's the one that separates, these elements are the ones that separate um, the average investor from the ones that really do well in this. And I've seen that when, with, in the people that I've, that, I've, uh, that I've worked with. And that's kind of the, the basis of, of how I teach people how to invest. And it's the nature of my everyday investing course that I teach, where I actually teach people um, the qualitative, the mechan uh, the, I teach people the mechanical side of investing, but I also emphasize quite a bit uh, the qualitative and behavioral sides of investing because they just are almost trump sometimes um, the mechanical side of it and it's different in terms of how I invest well, as I said when I started investing like 20 years ago I was all about numbers I crunched numbers I had spreadsheets all over the place I built a database I did all kinds of queries and that's how I made decisions but over time I get to get older you get a little more wiser maybe a little bit more mature mature and you see a bigger world out there um, 
you see that there are other elements at play that can just as well influence and assist you in making uh, really good investment decisions. So what I'm trying to get, get here over get out today is for those people out there who really kind of turned off and freaked out by investing, um, you don't have to be. Um, you can still make really great investment decisions without having a checklist of, of you know, numerical data points um, that you need to tap into exclusively. You're going to have to, you don't need to know everything about calculating all these different kind of ratios. and You just really also need only a handful. Um, there's thousands, millions of different types of data points you can use to calculate a ratio and determine if a company is really has you know a lot of cash or liquidity or looking at debt levels or their ability to turn over inventory. You know those are all yeah they're all cool elements there. But for most of us, we don't really need to be tapping into all these kinds of metrics. We just need a core some core go-to kind of um, data, and we need some core and go-to kind of math that we just some basic math that we just need to understand. And that's gonna um, go a long way to getting the results that we wanna get, which is ultimately we wanna make really good investment decisions. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If you have any ideas, um, comments, or anything like that, feel free to get a hold of me. You can uh, shout me through the old school way, which is email. You can go to my website, sageinvestors.ca. Send me an email through there. I'd love to hear your comments about it. Um, you can also find me on in a few places now. You can find me on Twitter. I've always been on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Sage Investors, and I'm on there all the time, commenting, sharing, retweeting, um, interesting posts, um, analysis um, by other investors that I see out there who really know their stuff um, that I look at and, and that influence me and how I make my decisions. You know, and then I also post all my investment decisions that I'm making personally on there in real time. So feel free to jump on there and uh, follow me uh, on that. Also, um, this is just a recent thing. I am now on Facebook. I just got our uh, Facebook page. Sage Investors is now good to go there. So I'm on there also posting uh, links, um, also my blog posts, links to my blog posts, my podcast, my videos, um, links to my courses. And uh, soon I'm going to be doing some Facebook Live on there. So I'm just kind of giving you a little heads up. That'll be on there a little bit more regularly. Um, in the future, so stay tuned for that. Um, if you're interested also, I do publish a newsletter every week. Uh, it's just a quick little email that I send out to, uh, to people every Wednesday morning, just with some updating of people on some of my latest uh, write-ups on my website, and also sharing people uh, certain things I've been reading over the past week that I thought were really cool, and that I think um, you could benefit from learning, um, tapping into also. So if you can go to my website, sageinvestors.ca, just drop your email and get on the list. And every Wednesday morning, you'll have a little something, something from me. So that's all I got for you today. Thanks very much for listening. All previous episodes of also my podcast are on iTunes. So if just jump on there and do a, a search on Sage Investors and you can subscri subscribe and feel free to like, leave a comment. It's all good. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.